Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Leroy Horde, former NFL running back host on 790 The Ticket in Miami. He joins us at around 1135, 835 Pacific time. Also 1235, 935 Pacific. We'll have Matt Merchel, Orlando Sentinel. National College Football writer. Talked to him about a couple of big games today. It's a very nice week in college football. Been a couple of down weeks here and there. Very nice week in college football. And coming up here in about 20 minutes, you know, Ryan Day's replacing Urban Meyer. But I think he's taking a taking a page out of Nick Saban's book. Earlier this week, and I thought that w- when we started out the show, we played the Jay Gruden audio. Well, we played the audio of one of his press conferences, and we played some some great bone thugs, which... Is always going to be near and dear to my heart. But we played some of the Jay Gruden audio of him talking about Colt McCoy. There's the video that came out. Don't think it's lost on me that this video comes out a year later when, allegedly a year later, according to Pro Football Talk, that this video comes out a year later when the Redskins have started out 0-4. Don't think it's lost on me that the audio of Jeremy Pruitt's phone call with the police department that pulled over and had to arrest uh, Jeremy Banks, because of an outstanding warrant, don't think that that's lost on me because of where they're at right now with Tennessee football. Certain things tend to come out to try to ease us into firing people, doesn't it? But it was released earlier this week that a call in July was placed from Jeremy Banks, a linebacker, now a former linebacker with the Tennessee Volunteers, to his head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, to talk with the officers who had arrested Jeremy Banks on an outstanding warrant. Let's play the audio of that call, shall we? Ken don't have nobody home to help him, like, figure right. out how to do this. He came to ask right. how, how to do it when uh-huh. his grandfather died. If it was just a suspended license, I can have discretion on that. But since there's a warrant out for his arrest, I have no discretion on that. This is the silliest I've seen in my life. I've worked at four places, and they never had no crap like this except for here. Because the people usually say, hey, something's not right here. Now that's audio that was courtesy of TMZ. University of Tennessee Police Department released the footage of Banks after he was arrested back then. People are outraged at this audio. Now, they should be more outraged about what Jeremy Banks said to police officers in that hour-long footage that was taken, but there were snippets that were cut out, and you can find on TMZ and all over the Internet. And they obviously are rightfully outraged about what he said to police officers because that is a ridiculous thing to say, and I thought he should be punished for it, and he has been punished for it. He's been removed from the team. Now, hopefully there might be an opportunity for him to continue his life with football and be able to make amends, but he has to make a lot of amends and shows that he actually means it when he does that. Because I think a lot of people are missing the point on this. I want to get that audio again. You're going to have to listen closely at the very beginning of that audio of Jeremy Pruitt with the police officer. I want you to listen to the very beginning of that and then hear the entire 25 seconds because I have to admit it doesn't sound good, but hear the very beginning. Tom, get that audio again and play that audio right now. Go. Kid don't have nobody home. 
figure right. out how to do this. And he came to ask right. how, how to do it when uh -huh. his grandfather died. If it was just a suspended license, I can have discretion on that. But since there's a warrant out for his arrest, I have no discretion on that. This is the silliest I've seen in my life. I've worked at four places. They never had no crap like this except for here. Because the people usually say, hey, something's not right here. Jeremy Banks needs to be more responsible for himself. This is a call that's placed at just before 4 a.m. And so many people, well, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. No, everything good happens after 2 a.m. That's why guys want to be out after 2 a.m. Things that aren't good are work and things like that. That doesn't happen after 2 a.m. Working out and, and having to sweat and do all that stuff, that don't happen after 2 a.m. The good stuff happens after 2 a.m. Jeremy Banks has to be more responsible for himself. Also, he can't say incendiary comments the way he did to the police officers who were flatly ridiculous, and he needs to understand he can't do that. And he shouldn't do that. I think he should be given another opportunity at some point, but I know that he can't do that, and the punishment at that time was fitting, and probably was fitting because guys were trying to save themselves because Jeremy Pruitt more than likely knew about everything else that happened before this audio or before this video was all released. But going back to what Jeremy Pruitt had said in the video, this looks fairly incriminating on Jeremy Pruitt. And a lot of people are upset, but then we try to put ourselves in our own situation. And I think, honestly, it's the case of they're one and three. You got a five and seven, coming off a five and seven season. It's just, it hasn't been that good. They got Georgia this week. They're going to get hammered. And we're already circling the wagons with Tennessee football about firing Jeremy Pruitt. If I go back to that audio, you hear the very beginning. He got nothing, nobody else at home. Says in that video that he was at when his grandfather died, that they thought they had taken care of this. They had not taken care of this. This is the call that, again, is placed before 4 a.m. Jeremy Pruitt has woken up in the middle of the night. He's obviously a little bit groggy. He's obviously a little bit distressed by a call that he's getting in the middle of the night. That's part of the job of being a head football coach of any major program or any small program. And that's the given point of it. Is that for Jeremy Pruitt, I could sit here and I could rip him and I could say he's the worst type of person ever. He's a snake and he's what's wrong with college football. And that's what a lot of people have been doing over the last couple of days. And maybe some of those people, they're right. I don't know Jeremy Pruitt, but I also know that there have been plenty of situations where what is the context of why you sign with a college football program, what is one of the major reasons why parents want their kids to sign with a college football program? Coach comes in, sits down, says that your son's going to be in my hands. I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to take care of your son. I'm going to take care of your grandson, your nephew. We're going to make things okay. It's going to be a family atmosphere here at Alabama, at Georgia, at Tennessee. It's going to be this way here. I coached under Nick Saban. They're a family at Alabama, and they get you ready for the NFL. And that's what we're doing at Tennessee. I want you to be a part of something fun. I want you to be a part of something historical to put Rocky Top back where it's supposed to be, on top of the SEC. And I want mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and everybody to join me. That's, that's the sales pitch. That's, that's a time-honored sales pitch. It's been going on since the beginning of recruiting in college football. And when you sign... For Jeremy Pruitt, yeah, there's plenty of coaches where guys fall through the cracks. You can't help them all. There's problems with all those guys, but they do try. They're supposed to try. And for Jeremy Pruitt, well, I can't believe this. This is the silliest bleep I've heard in my entire life. Well, it is 3-something in the morning. 
It probably is silly. We're talking about $500 here on an outstanding warrant, on a failure to appear. Jeremy Banks should have been more responsible for himself. They should have had that documented and made sure that that was taken care of. That's 100% true. I'm not forgiving Jeremy Banks, or I'm not absolving him of that responsibility. That's not the case. Jeremy Jeremy Banks is going to have to pay the fiddler for what he said and what he did and what he failed to do, given that warrant. But for Jeremy Pruitt, of all the things you want to go after Jeremy Pruitt for, this is the last thing you want to go after Jeremy Pruitt for. Most of us have seen this situation. Cutting a guy a break. Or finding ourselves in a situation where we have to turn to somebody. Jeremy Pruitt says in that audio, his grandfather died, he's got nobody at home. You're going to haul him in on $500? They don't do that in Alabama. They don't do that in other places I've been. You're going to, you're going to haul this guy in at 4 in the morning at, 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 at for $500? This is the case? Is he drunk? Is he any of these other things? No. I know that he shouldn't have been out before 4 a.m., but it's still not a crime. And me and him can talk about that later. A coach is supposed to be somebody you can count on. Knowing from personal experience, and I told you all the time, I sucked when I was playing high school football. I was not good. Never started. Not really worth it. Played only because I tried hard and that was it. And I didn't play that much. I was not good. And if there was ever trouble, there were two people I could call. Dear old dad and my high school football coach who was every single cliche that you could ever be in a movie. Now, I love the guy, and I still love the guy. But he was as hard-ass as you could find, and you did not want to have to make that call. And I found myself in a situation where I might have to make that call. We've always heard of situations where people have been cut a break, and we're going to go after Jeremy Pruitt for this? From what I hear of that audio, Jeremy Pruitt's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be backing his player and trying to find a way that we can make this thing right. That's not by bad means. That's not by nefarious means. That's not by by doing it greasy or trying to get out of it. I know that Tennessee has had themselves a bit of reputations in the past because of the guys that had the robbery and, and, the, and the guy who got robbed saying, it's okay, I'm not pressing charges. I get all that stuff. I, I know. And it's the SEC, and we seem to feel good old 100%, $100 handshakes, and everything's 100% taken care of. I know that we always feel that way. But for Jeremy Pruitt, all the, the only thing I'm seeing Jeremy Pruitt do is basically what a head football coach is supposed to do, have a good relationship with his players. That doesn't absolve Banks of what he's been guilty of. doesn't absolve Banks of the warrant. you got to take care of that business. But for Jeremy Pruitt and his attitude – I got to tell you, if I was a head football coach at a high school, if I was a head football coach at the University of Tennessee, I get a phone call from one of the guys that I am responsible for as the head coach at four in the morning. My God, my day's going to start off like this. Wait a minute. This is over $500. So he didn't rob anybody. He didn't fight anybody. He's not drunk. He's out at four in the morning. We can talk about that later on because he's not putting himself in the best situation. But again, that's not a crime. You're calling me over $500? Damn it, I wish I could just scratch you a check and get over with this damn thing, but I can't because the NCAA won't allow me. So can we come together on some sort of an agreement here before you haul his ass off to jail and they take a mugshot of my guy and then I have to answer for this in a press conference later on? It's the same thing that happened with Nick Saban before when he talks about Mushin Muhammad. 
who messed up in college at Michigan State, went on to have a great career, went on to own a business, have kids that go to Ivy League school. And Nick Saban says it, and Nick Saban says, did you want me to give up on him? Did you want me to just kick him off the program and decide that that was the end, even though he made a very serious mistake and had a very serious problem at that time? But Nick Saban has six national championships, so obviously Nick Saban is perfectly fine and he can say these things. And part of that is true, even though I meant that sarcastically. Of all the things that we're going to get all hot and bothered about Jeremy Pruitt with, losing to Georgia State, losing in double overtime to BYU when you had the lead, not not bringing Tennessee back to prominence when it took Kirby Smart all of what seemed like 48 hours to put Georgia on another level after being an assistant to Nick Saban, to really being this entire mess of where you had Greg Schiano, then you didn't have Greg Schiano, now you basically wish you had Greg Schiano, and then you hired Jeremy Pruitt, and all of a sudden you have buyer's remorse on that guy too, and you're going to blow another head coach out. And even Phil Fulmer said it earlier this week, he's not going to walk through that door. Of all the things to get hot and bothered about this, no. No. Jeremy Pruitt said, or Jeremy Banks said some stupid things in the back of that cop car. And I guarantee he regrets it now. And he should regret it now. That's not absolving of that. But a coach is somebody you should trust. And you know and I know why that video was released. It's not because of the outrage of Jeremy Pruitt being talking about trying to get something figured out over $500. If they were 4-0, you wouldn't see any of that stuff. They're 1-3, and and all of a sudden, Tennessee fan does Tennessee fan things, and they're upset again. 855-212-4CBS. Up next, Ryan Day's replacing Urban Meyer, but he gets to take a page out of Nick Saban's book. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Leroy Horde going to join us here in about whoa, 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be a good time. I think, uh, uh, let me bring Tom in for a second. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. Who's the best team in the country right now? College football team. Yep. Um, I'm still going to go with Alabama, but I think, you I, know, I think I know what you want to say. Bastard. No, because I wanted you to say Ohio State because people are immediately going to get on Twitter and go, what do you mean he thinks Ohio State's the best team in the country? I'm going to look this bastard up. Oh, oh of course the, he's from Cleveland. And yeah. then, of course, I'll get that. I was so say, I wanted you to say. That's opinion right now, though. Boy, actually. I tell you it's what. Now, Alabama, take. because of history, because of where they're at, because of the type of machine, I think Alabama's right up there. So I, I can't discount Alabama, buddy. I can't do that. Tua, I think, Tua is the magic ingredient there. He it is. and breaks he, the whole thing. He is. I think that. Uh, I, I think that you know, for what they have, and now Tua playing very well again. Uh, Alabama's right up there. Clemson, I think, is right for the picking. It's going to be interesting to see how they go out through the ACC because the ACC isn't very good. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, there's nobody there to pick them. They're ripe for the picking for sure, but they have nobody. Yep. to to But that's when you're when them. you're getting squeakers out against Mac Brown's fighting Tar Heels. You get what I'm saying here. But then there's another team that's been in there. You know what? i got to tell you, they haven't been in there for the last couple of years. And this is not going to be a popular opinion because they had some fun at my expense yesterday because we do do the morning show here in Cleveland. And I had said, and I, it, of course, they mean it to say that I already thought he was better than Urban. He's not. Can't say that after five games for crying out loud. But i got to tell you, through five games, and I know that they've played Miami of Ohio, They've played Cincinnati, which had a great win last night, and then an even better Twitter win over UCF yesterday. Go follow the Bearcats on Twitter and see what the hell they did to celebrate their win over UCF last night because it is fantastic. You'll be an instant Bearcats fan. They haven't played very much competition, but to watch them, there is a chip on their shoulder. 
there is a sharpness to Ohio State that I have not seen in five years. There's a sharpness that I have not seen with Ohio State since they won the national championship in 2014. The way that they carry themselves, when you put talent on a football team and you give them an edge, you better look the hell out. It's something that I've seen in Clemson. And it's something that Dabo Sweeney's going to have to try to fight to get with Clemson. Because I know that Ryan Day is replacing Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer is one of the greatest college football coaches of the generation. I know, I get it. I'm with you on a lot of that stuff and all those criticisms. But you got to give credit where he's due. It's been three national championships. It's tough to do so. Brought Florida to prominence and everything else, and I don't need to continue to make my argument for Urban Meyer because I'm talking about Ryan Day. Ryan Day takes over for Urban Meyer. Immediately, well, Michigan's got to be the class of the Big Ten. Can Ryan Day do what he did? And I thought Gene Smith, and I said this before on the show, I thought Gene Smith was trying to find his own Lincoln Riley, that this was going to be his case to, to leave his legacy with Ohio State, seeing as Gene Smith's the guy that fired Jim Trestle. And I've seen Ohio State come out and look crisp in every single facet of the game. All five phases. People say there's three. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching is a phase, and quarterback play is a phase. Justin Fields is as good as anybody in the country, if not better. Running backs have been great. The way they play defense has been so much better than we thought that they were going to be over the, over the beginning of the season. You have taken a team that has some of the most talent in the country, and you did it right. You put a chip on their shoulder. And that's not a guy filling in for Urban Meyer. That's a guy who's taking a page right out of Nick Saban's book. Nick Saban, who I just talked about, had six national championships, might have a seventh by the time it's all said and done. You watch Nick Saban every year. He always creates a challenge. He'll bring up history. He'll bring up fan support. He'll bring up media. He'll bring up society. He'll bring up the NFL. He'll bring up complacency. He always has an edge. He always tries to give his team an edge. Because he remembers a year that they finished 9-3. and three. They can't have that ever happen again. And Nick Saban won't allow it, no matter how old he gets. And if he does allow it, then that's time for Nick Saban to hang it up. Alabama football, part of the reason that they're so successful, they get the best players in the country, which means they have the best players in the world at their youth at the right time. And Nick Saban obviously has a machine. But the other part of it is he gets highly talented players who have one thought in mind. And that is NFL millions. He gets them to play with an edge. It's hard to win a national championship in college football, even if you're one of the halves. It's even harder to repeat. That's why Nick Saban's only done it once. It's extremely difficult to play to that level. And now that you have to be one of the four teams to get in, style points matter. You have to finish off games. 42-40 isn't going to cut it anymore. And I do want to see what Ohio State does because I'm waiting for that clunker to come around. Will they actually gut up and finish it off? Or will they do what they did against Purdue last year and get laughed out of the building and give everybody every single reason to not give the Big Ten one of the bids and to certainly not give Ohio State any respect? Because, frankly, they didn't deserve it when you go out there and you get hammered by Purdue in a primetime game the way you did. A 6-7 and seven football team beating the brakes off of you? Don't care. You don't deserve to be in. And that's what's kept them out of the playoffs over the last couple of years. Ryan Day can't allow that. And he has the perfect setup. Players who are motivated, insanely talented players that are motivated, who want to not just play and win, but want to play and win and finish with an edge. Ohio State smells blood in the water. 
And the schedule is actually getting tougher. Michigan State's a primetime game. Who knows? All the bets are off. D'Antonio's going to have it set up. He'll be able to do it well. But we thought that Scott Frost was going to be able to have it set up and maybe was poised for an upset last Saturday. And I still think Ohio State's scoring touchdowns on him. You have a Friday night Northwestern game right before Wisconsin. And you know how Paul Chris is going to do it. He's going to line up. He's going to execute. And if you allow him, he will pound it down your throat. Then it's Maryland, Maryland and Rutgers. Then maybe Penn State and then Michigan. I think that's how the rest of the schedule goes. So it could very well be after that Wisconsin game, smooth sailing for the Buckeyes. But you'll have to play with an edge and you'll have to finish. And you'll have to finish them off in the worst way possible to make sure that you leave no doubt. There's no question about the Big Ten. There's no question about you. You get into the playoffs no matter what. Because your guys play with an edge now. It's what Nick Saban has done, and it's part of what has made Nick Saban so successful for such a long period of time. Get your guys to buy into something, even if it's not really true. Self-doubt, self-motivation, haters with a Z, the media coming after you, create conflict where it isn't there. Get your guys to play with it. They do it in the NFL. Tom Brady last year. Everybody's counting us out. Everybody thinks we're dead. Nobody thinks you're dead. You must create conflict. If you sit there and say that you're the best, that you're the champion, that you'll be able to defend it, you're already losing. There's a reason why it's the easiest thing to do, because it is. It's it's an easy thing to try to turn into the underdog. And the best that have ever done it, Saban, Belichick, Brady, they turn themselves into underdogs. They turn themselves a bet against instead of a bet for instead of easy money. And so if Ryan Day is going to do it, just like we're watching Clemson go out there and struggle against the Tar Heels because eh, it is hard to put the confetti back in the cannon, and we're seeing that right now. You want to get a chance to win something and you want a chance to do something special? Play with an edge because you already have a great ace up your sleeve with great boosters and and easy recruiting and great facilities, you can do all that at Ohio State, but you got to get your guys to believe and not get, in the words of of Mike Leach, fat, dumb, and happy, and living off of what they've done before. You can't allow that at a place like that. Because for the Big Ten, it's been pretty decent football. You have to get a representative in there that actually means something. Michigan isn't going to do it. I don't think Penn State and James Franklin are going to do it. Maybe Wisconsin might do it. And they'll have their chance coming up here in just a few weeks. But really, the bell cow for your entire conference has been Ohio State. And over the last few years, losing the way they did at Iowa, losing the way they did at Purdue, losing the way they did even at Penn State, then losing in the college football playoffs, 31-0 against Clemson, you really haven't been holding up your end of the bargain. But now you have Ryan Day. It's fresh. It's new. And you get that natural feeling. Everybody's talking about Oklahoma, Alabama. People are talking about Clemson. All of a sudden, you have questions. They want to put Michigan ahead of you. You have a natural chip on your shoulder. That's what makes Ohio State the very best. And you're seeing it on the field every single week now. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up at high noon Eastern. 
I think they're in my favorite, most respected team in the NFL because I think they did it the right way. Who are they? I'll tell you at high noon Eastern. Also, 12.20 p.m. Eastern, 9.20 Pacific. We'll do five burning questions in just about an hour from now. Matt Michelle going to join us from the Orlando Sentinel. We'll talk college football with him. Joining us right now on the show, former NFL running back. I watched this guy as a kid. He's a morning host at 790 The Ticket in Miami. You can find him on Twitter, at Big Mouth Leroy. It's the great Leroy Horde who joins me today. Leroy, thanks for joining me. No problem. What's happening? Nothing much. Should Jim Harbaugh be fired? No. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it, it's a weird situation. Because, I know. Um, I don't know if they've ever had the players offensively to win. Um, if you have any questions about what he's doing, it would be the ability to bring bring guys in. Mm-hmm. But but other than that, um, you know, and what they're doing with the players, because guess what? Uh, it's still etched in my brain 62 points, and that was supposed to be one of the better defenses Michigan's ever had. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think you fire him. Um, but you got to kind of get an idea of, you know, hey, what are we doing here? You, you know, well, I, I'm not a big guy on firing uh, and – to just give you a reason why, uh, I was on the Cleveland Browns team with Bill Belichick, and they ran him out of town. Uh, well, now wait a minute. Was that Art Modell <laughs> ran him out of town? Because now, well, uh-huh. man, this is a good conversation. Wasn't it Art Modell who fired him? Who ever ran him out of town? They hated him there. He had no personality. He not was, when they made the playoffs. You know, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, the the fans didn't like him. He wasn't personable. He you wasn't. Know, and I used I used to say, man, if you want a comedian, go to a comedy club. You know, we, we want a good football coach. So um, I always preach patience, and maybe it goes a little bit longer. Um, I'm a big fan of the way Pittsburgh does things. You know, they don't they don't fire coaches. No. They ride it out. And, and so that's something to be said about your organization, something to be said about your program, and, and I think just, just kind of – you know, weighing it out. We all know that Jim Harbaugh is an excellent football coach. So uh, dig into it a little bit, see what's going on and why it's not working and what can be done to make it work and and, and try to battle through this. I mean, in all honesty, Leroy, and like I, we, we talked about this on this show a couple times with Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I get upset because – I think that it, it hasn't been the premier rivalry it's supposed to be with Ohio State. I think both I think both those teams need each other for the good of the right. Big Ten. And I've been upset with Jim Harbaugh in the past, but when, when they lost to Wisconsin a couple weeks ago and then people are calling for an ousting, you know, guys with microphones, I'm thinking, how much better are you really going to get? I, Jim Harbaugh is a, is a fine coach. They win, what, on average almost 10 games a year? It's right. it's been a good run. Why, why do you think that they do miss in these big games against Ohio State and Wisconsin? Is, is there just some sort of a block with them it, it that they be, can't get over? Right. It could be a, a style thing. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, uh, I mean, Wisconsin basically just ran it down their throat. So maybe they're not big enough. Maybe they're not physical enough. And any time you approach something like that, they play Iowa today. Iowa plays the same style of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's the thing, you, you know what I mean? Where it, it, it has nothing to do with talent, but more styles. Maybe they're not. I mean, tell me, you turn on a Michigan football game, you you never, and, and you're used to seeing a dominant running game. You know, we're we're sitting here talking about the reason why they're not successful 
is because of quarterback play. And I will say to you that it didn't matter. It never mattered yeah. because we were physical. So maybe that has something to do with it. I, I can't really tell you. You know, it's just all, all I know is just from watching them play, you know, and seeing the type of teams that are beating them, they're not ever really losing, you know, because of scheme or coaching. They're, they're just getting pushed around. Leroy Horde joining us on the show, former NFL running back, morning host, 790, the ticket in Miami, at Big Mouth Larry on Twitter. Uh, is the fullback going extinct? Um, no, I don't think so. They're, they got them splattered around uh, football. Um, I think that so many teams are playing wide open. Um, I only played fullback so I could get the football. Um, wasn't never really considered a fullback, but I got tired of fighting it, so I just let him go ahead with it because of my style and the way I played. They just made me a fullback, but as far as just lining up in the front of an eye and, and blocking for a guy behind me, that really wasn't my thing. Um, even at Michigan, you know, I played in the front of a wishbone, and it was basically to, to, to carry the football. So, um, But as far as a – I mean, think about it. Let's think of it this way. Everybody teaches versatility. Everybody wants all their players to be versatile. If you take a fullback and put him in front of an eye, okay, besides a two-yard pass, what, what is he going to catch when you spread him out? And, and so you have more of these physical but gifted running backs that are probably just as big as fullbacks but maybe aren't considered fullbacks because they're more versatile. Gosh, that makes a ton of sense. Leroy Horde joining us on the show. I got to ask you about the Dolphins. Um, I know where to begin. Are are they capable of zero and sixteen? I look. I I think a zero and sixteen team kind of happens, but as long as you have NFL players, I, I can't imagine that you know as as competitive as they are, right? Um, are going to be in a situation where they're going to be that bad for 16 weeks. Um, that being said, you know, we tend to just look at the score and how bad they're playing. But as long as you guys have been around football, you ever seen a, a, a roster with 15 new guys the week before the season starts? I no. Mean, they signed – right. So, like, the circumstances – surrounding that team are a lot to blame more than the actual talent on the field because you had two starting linemen that got there the week of the season. Mm -hmm. And and I said, man, I guess we don't really need training camp Um, because they were plugged in and then they had to work through it, you know, for the first couple of weeks or three or four weeks. The coaches had to figure out what can these guys do what with can other guys yeah what can uh how, how do you see Leroy how do, how does Brian Flores how, how's he received down there right now he, look there's some people that and, and and it drives me crazy okay because the whole summer the whole summer everybody down here was cool with Tanga Fatua right yeah and I'm like 
man, I've been around fans. Are y'all familiar with how you guys work? Are you familiar how you things? If team goes on goes 0-3, you ain't going to care about Tanga Vatua. You're going to stop going to the games, and you're going to boo your team, even though you're cool with it when they ain't playing games. You know, I was, you know, I hope that Brian Flores gets an opportunity to show what kind of coach he is in a circumstance that allows him to be graded as a football coach. And I was, you know, I was kind of, it was like I almost didn't want him to take the job because I knew this was what they were planning on doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how long the contract is. I mean, the only thing that could happen with him taking this job is bad. What good could happen when your team comes out and says, we're tanking for next year, we're cutting salary, we're doing all these things. The only thing that could happen good is bad, and meaning that, oh, the games weren't close enough. We were competitive enough. That's what they're going to put on him. And so I hope he gets the opportunity when things turn around, okay, to show what kind of coach he is. And, and I don't really know, but I, I know for sure. I can't tell based on what I'm watching now. Leroy, it's, I think it's just so dangerous because I, I live through the same thing. I'm in Cleveland. So I lived through right. the same thing of, of what the two years were, 1-15 and 0-16, and and and, and a front office that was doing things to set up number one overall picks. It's a and, little bit different, though. Tell me how. We kept people coming back. Was They kept it close long enough to keep your interest. Okay. Uh. I think we're losing Leroy a little bit, and I, I think I know where he was going. Leroy, you there? Oh, of course. All right, let, we got to let go. We got to let Leroy go because now we're too close to this it. Leroy Hort. Right. This oh. is a baseball. Okay? You can't strip it down like that. They got rid of Laramie Tunsil. They got rid of um, um, Fitzpatrick. Okay, they got rid of a lot of young talent, right, that you're going to mm-hmm. now have to add. And what you're doing is you put more pressure on yourself to be perfect. The Browns always had, even though they were horrible, couldn't, and, and they were horrible because they couldn't score points. But guess what? They could play some defense. Nobody ever questioned whether they could play defense. Leroy, I, 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 we're, we're, our connection is running low. We've got to let you go. I thank you very okay. much for the time. Yeah, sorry about that, Leroy. Go ahead and okay. uh, Tyler, go ahead and let him down. Tell him thank you very much. Leroy Horde joining us on the show, former NFL running back, morning host, 790, the ticket in Miami. Uh, obviously, I'm very frustrated by the, by the connection. I'm very frustrated by the connection. Because I, it, with what the Dolphins are going through right now, it's a very close thing with what I've dealt with already. And I think it's a very dangerous thing. And, of course, the cell phone goes out right in the middle of a very good answer there. And it's not Leroy's fault, and I'm not faulting anybody, but I'm obviously very frustrated about it because it's something that I'm very passionate about. Because I think that you you turn guys from football players into a messiah. And we do this every single week in Cleveland now. I'll just go ahead and make a comparison with Miami and Cleveland right now. You have a team that basically, if, 
If Chris Greer could make him do it, if Steve Ross, it might be Stephen Ross who wants to do it, if Stephen Ross can make him do it, Stephen Ross would have him turn around and run the other way defensively just to make sure that they don't win. Stephen Ross believes that this will be the way to get to a Super Bowl, that they'll go ahead and they'll get to a tag of Iloa, or they'll even wait another year and they'll try to get Trevor Lawrence. And I think that that is an insanely dangerous thing. Because I look at what's going on, and I'll use the Redskins as an example. I know that everybody wants to see Dwayne Haskins play, and I know we just saw Jay Gruden smoking dope. But I can't say for sure, I don't know, that Dwayne Haskins is ready. And so many people, it doesn't matter. You play him. Yes, it does. I cannot tell you enough. Yes, it does. It's the same type of thing that tells me, well, Ken, eventually everybody's got to drive a car. Okay, but that doesn't mean I'm going to put my 15-year-old out there and drive just because they're eligible to get a temporary license. If the kid ain't ready to drive, I'm not putting him in danger. I'm not putting everybody else in danger. And so I'm not going to put Dwayne Haskins out there if he ain't ready to do it. And I've seen this done a million times. So now you turn a guy from a quarterback, and that guy, who, whether it be Trevor Lawrence or whether it be Tua Tagovailoa, whether it be any one of these guys, Justin Herbert, if you put them out there before they're ready, it can hurt the process. And if you do that, what they don't learn, or God forbid if they get injured because they don't know how to handle themselves back there, you set your franchise back and you turn a quarterback, you take a quarterback and you take him from being a quarterback because that's the position he plays and he can be a good one. You turn him into a messiah for your fan base because you haven't been good for so long and you did all this, you went all this for this player. And I'm living it right now. Baker Mayfield wasn't bad against the Rams. You wouldn't listen to it. Baker Mayfield was pretty good, really good against the Ravens. Finally, people are okay. The guy can't walk down the street. It's a dangerous thing you put these guys in charge of. More on this coming up and also, it's part of the reason why this team, and I'll tell you next, is my favorite in the NFL because they're doing it the right way. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.